0: just go from there
1: okay that sounds great
0: okay all right so and you'll hear the first thing that you'll hear is (laughs) um music and oh by the way when the music is playing matt and stuff we have to be quiet because it goes through the microphones thank you okay so uh that that was a problem yesterday was that when during when we were the closing part, uh, was being overshadowed by the conversation that was happening in the room because I didn't close off the, I'm not a very good board up yet. I'm learning, but I'm not a great board board up, but that's life. So uh, is everybody ready? I'm ready. righty then. So we are going <laughs> to, I'm going to hit the start button and then we're going to have the opening music and then we're going to just get into it.
1: Okay.
0: And welcome to My Independence Report everybody. My name is Kevin McDonald. I am your host along with a good friend of mine. His name is Matt and he is right here Matt shea He's an author and we are going to be talking to an incredible lady today for the entire time and um as long as uh Podbean holds up and doesn't kick us off, we we will be able to take your calls and do all of that for the lady of the hour and
2: For that introduction, I'm going to toss it over to Matthew. Matt? Our lady of the hour is Eileen Grimes, and many of you know of her as Jupiter Rising, the famous Jupiter Rising show about astrology. And a little history here, what I have learned about the world of radio is that it's constantly success, breeding success, one turn turning to another one. And what had happened in my case was approximately 10 years ago, when my first book was published, this Week in America invited me. Shortly after that, Eileen Gimes made her contact. She heard me on the radio and got me on her show. Now, this is astrology, and many of us have heard the word, but we don't fully know it. Eileen does a spectacular job spelling it out. It is so warm. and The best I could do now is to introduce her. Eileen, the shoe's on the other foot now. I get to introduce you. This is amazing. Eileen, thank you for being with us.
1: Oh, you're welcome. I'm really glad to be here.
0: It's awesome. We've listened to you on KKNW quite a little bit. What time is your show on for those that are in the local market?
1: Okay, it's here. Well, the show broadcasts out of Bellevue, and it's at 11 a.m. on Saturday mornings on KKNW 1150. So, alternative talk radio. And so, we do a multitude of astrological type things. We have astrologers on, we have metaphysicians, we have, we have Matt on, who isn't really, I I would call him metaphysical, but not astrological, but his message is very universal anyway that he gives out, so we have a lot of fun, and my co-host is Mr. Doug Johnston, who is a local astrologer here in Tacoma, which is where I live, so um, yeah, it's uh, it's a really good show, and we just started our fifth year, we're very excited about it.
0: Well, congratulations! That that's great Thank that you, you are doing doing so well. But for our listeners who may not have any earthly idea what astrologers do, or where they come from, or how it works, could you kind of give us a layman's uh, real simple? I know you could probably talk for about so, I don't know several hours, um, but yeah. but if you could. Uh, um, kind of give our listeners just a kind of a thumbnail sketch of what what it is that you do and why is astrology important
1: oh my gosh where do i start with this um well uh the premise of astrology is is thousands and thousands of years old it's it really it kind of it kind of dates back to ancient egypt you know that's where one of the uh places that it has its roots but it also has roots in many other society types too. There's Vedic astrology, which is based in India and there's Irish astrology and Celtic astrology and all that other stuff is based in Ireland. But basically what I do is like it's called, you know, psychological astrology and that's what we call Western astrology, which is uh based probably here in this continent in the United States and, and all that. So, um, the thing about it is is that I just want to tell you a little bit about the evolution of astrology. It started so many years ago and I think because of the focus of the stars above us and then the earth below there was this like wanting to connect those two. You know, through mythology or metaphysics. And, and so the idea is as above, so below. I mean, that's basically one of the premises of astrology. So whatever is happening above us is happening down here. So the, the uh, meanings of the planets, which um, are, you know, the planets in our solar system have to do with um, archetypal and real functional explanations of what each planet means. So like, for instance, say Jupiter. Jupiter is about expanding your consciousness and, and, and traveling and, and seeing the rest of the world and expanding yourself so that your brain has a chance to expand. It also brings really good luck to people, too. So that's just one little thing that Jupiter does. But the rest of the planets all have governorship over other parts of us. And we take a look at, you know, our relationships, our parents, our family situation, what we grew up with, what's our personality, how we deal with money and how we deal with communication in school. All that stuff is in an astrology chart. It's really astounding because um for- and I'll give you a little bit of my personal story um I was married and not that happily married, and I started to uh get analysis. I was going to a psychotherapist, and um it was pretty good and i was and I found out I found out through my own astrological chart, you know, and I found astrology back in nineteen ninety, so it's been thirty years since I've started this that i met a friend of mine and i was in a different business then and i was talking to him at a breakfast meeting and and i had given him he says can i have your date time and place of birth please i said yeah why he says i want to do your astrology chart and i said why I mean, what the heck's that about and he he brought my chart with him to our, our breakfast meeting and he said, this is what's going on at bam, 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 bam. And he listed all of it. And I just was stunned, you know, because how could he know so much about me without it not even knowing me? You know what I mean? It was, it was really stunning to hear that. And I realized that uh, every time I was around him, I was listening to astro babble, I call it. So when you're around a group of astrologers, you do this. The, the vocabulary of astrology is uniquely different than any other type of vocabulary. And um, and so finally, I realized in around January of 1990 that I wanted to know what this stuff meant, because if he knew this much about me, how could I find this out for myself, so he gave me some ideas. You could read a book or two. And I said, oh, is that all I have to do? He says, not exactly. And you see, astrology is a lifetime uh, study. And you can find it in books, but mainly from other astrologers, because astrology is always evolving. And so when it evolves, we all kind of get t- taken up a notch. So um the thing about it is is that when I started this, um, and it was about a year into it that I realized I didn't need psychotherapy anymore <laughs> because, of, <laughs> because astrology was fitting the bill. And I told her, I said, I really don't need to do this because what I'm finding out through my own astrological chart is finding out exactly who I am and what I'm doing. And, you know, and I think a lot of times we go into psychotherapy to figure out who the heck we are and we go through journeys and we find, oh, that's interesting. I just learned that about myself. Well, you can learn about your own self fairly quick, quickly with an astrology chart. And then you find out that your journeys that you take are much more interesting because they're all fitting in to your life in a certain way. Does that make all sense? Did that make some sense? I don't know what the heck that was. That I, was my that was verbal diarrhea.
2: <laughs> Eileen, Sorry. It, it most certainly does because I remember the first time we met, it was at a psychic show and you had a little bit of time and I got a reading
1: and yeah. it stunned
2: me because you were putting in different words, myself having a revelation about myself. Oh Some, yeah. Something yeah. I want to point out is you let me know that approaching the new year, this year, that things were going to happen because I so badly wanted to get further into radio and stuff. You right. told me it was, go- look what is happening. You've opened a lot of doors. The studio you work at. You have got me on other shows. I've met other people, but everything has increased tenfold almost overnight. The, oh, way, yeah. the way you told me, you said, get ready, it's coming. Well, I'm sitting yeah. here, here it is. How do you know these things?
1: Well, I mean, I took one look at your chart, and I remember I was absolutely stunned because it was a very unusual chart. And for those people that know astrology out there, Matt has six planets in Leo, and that's a lot. Because each of us has all of the planets of the solar system in our astrological chart, and he had six out of ten of them in, in Leo, and I said, "Okay, well, all right. So this guy needs to be in front and center in front in the media. You know, he needs to be doing that because that is a draw for him. It would be something he would be naturally gravitating towards. And I happen to have a show." that, you know, get him on the show and see what he does with that, you know, and he did great. And then he's gone on from there to talk to you, Kevin, and then also Martha Norwalk from the animal world on KKNW. It's all really moving out for him. And I'm really happy it is because it just suits you so well that no matter where we seem to throw you into, you land really well. (laughs)
2: Eileen, where I have to commend you is, regardless of your title, astrologer, you take all walks of life. You get the Matt Shays who know next to nothing about it, and you give us a slow education. But regardless, you position us right. You let us be more aware of ourselves so that we can make better choices for ourselves. We don't necessarily have to take the astrology hook, line, and sinker. No. But, but using uh-huh. that platform, you certainly put us the right direction. And I have what yeah. I've had friends get readings from you, and they'd be quiet for a long time, and then they right. would look at me and ask, "How did she know?" Mm-hmm. They would talk. <laughs> it was just silence. It was a new. It was a new direction for them.
0: Okay, so yeah. I'll bite. How do you know?
1: How oh, do I know? Um, you yeah, see, I don't know if you know what an astrology chart looks like. I have do. You ever seen that? Okay. You do know, okay. It's basically a circle with a bunch of symbols on it. The symbols for a planet, the symbols for the sign the planet is in and all that. And, and, and I think part of what uh, astrology is made out of is learning the logistics of it. And that's basically learning sign placement and learning how to read a chart, you know? And so, um, I think after so many years, instead of kind of doing the grunt work and reading a chart in a sort of a cookbook fashion, you know, picking up a sign in a house and then you kind of spit out the interpretation for that. No, that's not how I do it anymore. I use it more intuitively. So because I'm a Pisces, um, I tend to um, look at a chart and look at it and look at it until something speaks to me you know, there's something in the chart, or maybe there's a certain configuration that equals this, and then there's something else in the chart that adds up to the same thing, and maybe in another part of the chart it adds up to the same thing, and when you do see something like that, you know that the preoccupation for whatever it is those planets have to deal with are, is going to be very profound in the person's life, so uh, it's And then I know it's a focal point or a person really likes to focalize their energies. So when I looked at Maps chart, I could see six planets and Leo, I could see the focus. It was really a focus. And so, um, I knew that because Leo is the is the the performer of the Zodiac signs and likes to be in front and have attention, loves to speak and loves to, you know, show off and loves to entertain. You know, I know that's the, one of the big callings for Leo. If they don't have that, there's something missing in their lives. So whenever I meet somebody like Matt, which I don't think I have met hardly anybody like Matt before, um, I, I just, you know, what I what i kept repeating to him was you have to get out and do stuff in front of the front of the world you know and and maybe entertain and you know he has a a good way of telling a story you know and finding out those particular parts of yourself that are really really good you know and then if there are other parts that aren't as good but you want to develop you develop it you know so um it's uh, I think it's, that's basically a matter of, you know, what adds up to what in your chart. Now, Kevin, I don't even have your birth information. I want to get it.
0: Uh, I don't know it. I'm sorry. No. Uh, well, first, yes, you my, do. My, 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 that- I have a very unique birthday. Okay. Uh, whenever I say, like, when I'm at the doctor's office or something, they say, oh, "So what's your birthday?" And I say, "Well, nine eleven, fifty seven. And they're oh like, "Oh my goodness. that's okay. what they say."
1: Oh yeah.
0: They're like nine eleven. That's that must be that must have been some birthday back in two thousand one.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> September eleventh, nineteen fifty seven, eight o'clock Perfect. in the morning. Okay, hang on. I'm typing this into my computer
0: because my Perfect. mother does not get up early to do anything.
1: Nineteen fifty seven you said? Yes. Okay. And and September I did I said that right? Yeah I did. Nineteen fifty seven. Right. She
2: got
1: I'm that. Just, I'm I'm typing with one hand here. It's not easy. Okay. I
0: know, life is tough sometimes.
1: <laughs> I know. Eight AM. Okay.
0: Eight AM, yes, ma'am.
1: Okay. And uh what city were you born in? Idaho
0: Falls, Idaho.
1: Idaho Falls. It was a beautiful oh, place.
0: I grew up there for a whole three months before we moved to Seattle.
1: Okay. Oh. Uh, Idaho. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Got that. Let's take a look at you. Ooh. Oh. Oh, your old house. Oh gosh. Look at that. Sun, Mercury, and Mars in the twelfth. Oh Jupiter on the ascendant. No wonder you have such a big personality. Woo <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. all right well, you're gonna have to explain to our audience what exactly you just meant by that okay
1: um the the planet Jupiter, which almost always if you put it in, in a certain house it it has the um the house. It affects the house in such a way that everything seems to be more than what it's supposed to be. So um, Jupiter is the natural ruler of Sagittarius. So wherever Sagittarius is and where Jupiter is, it's going to tell you you have an abundance of stuff. You know, more than you need type of thing. Now, it's right there on what we call the ascendant, which is Libra for you. You have moon and Aries. So, okay, and the moon and Aries in the seventh house. So, um, when Jupiter's sitting right there on the incentive, it's in the 12 house side, but that doesn't matter because when it's there, it adds a lot of oomph to your personality. You know, it, it basically makes you kind of goofy. <laughs> you know, my
0: ex-wife said I had an uh, over an abundance of personality.
1: Yeah, you do. You know, you have a perfect persona for for radio or anything showy. I mean, you're sort of like a Leo, but through a different back door. You know what I mean? It's really interesting. So, yeah, you have um, you have the Jukron. it just makes total sense. Total sense. You know, and I you know I barely remember you from a few years ago, but from talking to you the other day, I thought, well, you know. I have, I have to wonder what's going on right around his ascendant because, you know, that's where the personality those the things that are sitting right there on that point come right through the personality of the person. Eileen, so where, is, yeah.
2: there, is there any hope for him? Well, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I certainly hope
2: not. I kind
0: of I, I kind of like being goofy. I, I live that way.
1: Yeah. 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 And you also have Mercury retrograde. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. I just saw that. So does that mean that my.
0: (laughs) So, first of all, explain to our audience what Mercury retrograde means and how it affects us.
1: Okay, I can talk about that. This This is a typical talk for an astrologer. But, you know, most people don't know what it is and they maybe hear about it through other people. And believe me, it's gotten to be more well known in several last several years because the phone company knows about it, the T V companies know about it, all that because the phones, um, because Mercury is dealing with communication. That's basically what it deals with. It's like I'm sharing an idea with you, you're sharing an idea with me, and we communicate and then we learn something. Okay. And how we communicate is the sign is Jupiter's sign basically. So Jupiter and Virgo and it's retrograde. So and that's fairly close to your sun, so that's very important for you in your everyday life to be known as a communicator. So That so, is yeah. important to me. Yes, it is. And of course you're being on the radio, of course. You know, and that's what you do. I mean, you get in front of a microphone, you start talking, there's your Mercury function right there. Oh, very so, nice. There you go. So, uh, Mercury retrograde is a situation where the planet of Mercury orbits around the Sun three times to every one time of the Earth. So, every three months for three weeks, Mercury goes retrograde. And what it looks like from the Earth's perspective, it looks as though Mercury is backing up in the sky, It doesn't mean you're backwards, although some people say that, but it it just means that your perspective on life is a little different because when I'm asking you a question or talking to you, I can tell because I ask you a question, there's a little bit of a beat and then you speak and you know sort of like you internalize and you think about it for a second and then you come out with the answer so yeah it's it's uh, it's a little bit different i think one of the things that mercury retrograde is really good at is writing you know and writing books and that kind of thing but it's a, it's basically when you see the orbits of mercury and the sun or the earth Mercury comes to the nearest point to the earth when it's retrograde. So it's more mature. It's more internalized. So it's, um, it's a little bit different focus of Mercury because I don't have mercury retrograde and and Matt doesn't either. So, um, it's, um, it's something that I pay attention to because the function of communication becomes very important for you, you know, and whether or not you're understood or not, it's, you have to make sure, and Mercury's in Virgo too. So you're very analytical. You know, I mean, what can you do? You're a Virgo, okay? But, you know, there's that's also in the sign that it rules too. So Mercury rules Virgo and also rules um, Gemini. So those are the two signs it has rulership over. It's a dual rulership. So Mercury in Virgo is its own sign. So it's, it's a good thing for you. Okay. Did I answer all that? Did yes, I you answer did. the question? Matt
0: okay. has a question.
2: Yeah, Eileen, something yeah. that's a something that's a little bit of Twilight Zone ish is, and I wish Doug Johnston would hear. Wouldn't that be great? Your co-host on your end and just well, yeah, I'll, get him, here I'll yeah. get
1: him here sometime. I'll get him here sometime. That would be wonderful.
2: But recently, yeah. you and Doug told me that my success, what I wanted, is going to pursue me. It's going to fall on my lap. It won't be a result of myself looking for it. It would find me. This right. this very room I am sitting in. When this place was for sale, I almost bought it a few times. And that voice in my head said, this is a home, but it's not yours. But you will be yeah. coming here. And right. so there was something about this place that Kevin had just bought. And then I did a radio show with him after I asked you to get me on that show. And you did. I had a wonderful time with Martha and Kevin.
1: I'm so glad. She's awesome.
2: It came out that Kevin just bought this place that I was looking at something was telling me to be near but not to take it and right. then he, and then he sets up shop. Here we are doing this broadcast in his home. It was right. all waiting for me. I was at home plate waiting for that ball to come and all I yep. could think about is you and Doug saying just hang tight, don't move, mm-hmm. it's coming. It's going to f- it did. Here we are.
1: Well, you know, I think for you, Matt, um, with what we call your twelfth house, and that's where you have, I think, four or five planets, and that is a a universal house. That's the house where, if you've got planets in there, they basically are not under they are not under your control. They're under the universe's control. So it, it basically what that says is in a roundabout way is that you have a way of being in the right place at the right time without even knowing what you're doing. See, uh it's it's just, you know, somebody says something to you and then boom it manifests. So you do have that sort of manifestation sort of uh thing in your chart that says, you know, whatever I visualize or whatever I want will happen with me. So And you know what's uh,
0: funny about that is he doesn't even have any idea what that means.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure he doesn't because it's the 12th house. People have stuff in the 12th house and they don't even know what the heck it is. You know, because it's basically from our conscious awareness standpoint, it's like you you know those planets are in the 12th house, but you don't really know they're there. You know, um, so Eileen, I like you have You know, yes. Eileen. <laughs> yes.
2: Ten years ago, Rick Bratton contacted me on my first book and through those interviews, you learned of me. It was my daughter and my oldest sister that brought me to this residence. I live in this little 55 and old right. community, it's great. Right. Doug and I right. are kinda under the radar. We're much too young to live here. But anyway, he he- and then where I live and what I almost bought and just waiting and it all manifested, the right place, the right, right time. Hey, it wasn't my idea, but I'll take it.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. So um, the other thing about the 12th house, I should say, is that it's the most highly intuitive house. So with the stuff in your 12th house and those points in your chart that are in there are taking on the 12th house function. And so your intuition and your, you you know how you talk to me in text. I am right. I'm right about this. We're going to do this and it's going to be perfect for you. And I'm right. I do you, know, that. You, yes. you, you know, you just know that you know. So uh, that, that's part, part of the function of the 12th house, that it does give you kind of an added sense of, of, you know, a sense of being in the cosmic cosmic lane versus the regular physical lane, but the cosmic lane is really magical. So, I mean, that's basically where you are. And I can say that about you, too, Kevin. You have four planets up there, too, which is probably why the two of you guys get together and you get together really well. So it's um, you both have the vision of something that can happen, even though it may not have happened in present time, but you're looking out in the future, seeing that there's a vision that we can manifest. We can manifest it in our head. We can do it somehow that way. And then it'll become real. So it's basically like what we call a star of David and the star of David operates from the physical mental down to actually the spiritual, um, metaphysical and universal from the top comes down through you and ends up in the physical. So that's what manifest manifestation is. Do you understand how I'm connecting that?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Go ahead.
1: Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, and so when the two that's the 12th house. So when you're doing that, I mean you may think, okay, I've got a vision in my head. Oh my gosh, I can see that happening and then like 3 days later it happens. You know, so boom, there it is. I leave. You know. Is it yeah. is
2: it somewhat like pizza casa on Monday nights?
1: Oh, I think it is. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, that was such a good find on your part. And that you found that place before I met you. And we're, you know, we go there every Monday night now. It's really a lot of fun. It it was
2: calling out to us. It got our attention. We didn't know of it. It made us take notice. And we had to try. And once we walked in that front door, all these souls were waiting for us. Everybody there. We're best friends with all of them.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's true. Including the people that aren't there, the ghosts. Well, you're
0: yeah. not, you're, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be able to get away with that because they have no earthly idea what you just are talking about. And so you're okay. going to have to explain. Uh, you can't just throw that out there, Matt, and not give anybody any reference point for it. So explain what you guys do on Monday nights.
1: Okay. On Monday nights, we are down at Pizza Casa. That's in Lakewood. It's just off the freeway. It's just like semi-close to um, JBLM. And so um, what we do is we go there at four o'clock and we stay till seven and I do readings there and Matt comes along and and like last week we had a, a gal that I did a reading for and she, uh, I got a reading, she did a reading with me and, and Matt gave her a book. You know, and so we kind of do this in tandem down there. And, of course, the food is absolutely fabulous. Of course, I think Joni would love that we're giving a commercial here. But it's it's the best food. It's authentically Italian. It's really great. And so, um, yeah, we do that once a week. And I think we asked you to come last week, but you couldn't come, Kevin.
0: Nope. I, I, I was busy in the dentist. They were screwing a tooth into my head.
1: Oh, well, then you probably couldn't have come (laughs) now. Yeah. Okay. But you're welcome to come this week if you want. So, you know, we do it every week and we have a really good time doing it. So uh, we basically sit down and we talk and, you know, I was going to, I was going to tell you is that you guys don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about living our lives in a larger circle than just having our mundane life you know, like, you know, your, your bills that you pay, the work you do, all that stuff. This is like a magical type of life that we lead, you know? And I know, I know Matt agrees with me because what we have is the presence of something else, something larger than us being there with us and, and, you know, kind of helping us through and also pushing us through, you know, and, um, it, it's sort of like that. And, and I think that's what astrology actually provides for a lot of us that are, are this way, that we can find out where our true spirituality is through astrology. And then we just kind of, you know, move it into that place and kind of enjoy how it plays out that makes sense?
0: Yes, it does. By the way, we're talking with Eileen Grimes. She's got a radio show on KKNW 1150 AM called The Jupiter Rising Show. And uh, Eileen, I got a question for you because when we're talking about astrology, and I've heard this said often, but I, I want to confirm it through you, is okay. that is that um, we are, before we're born, we mm-hmm. pick the time, the date, the uh, configurations of the stars based upon what it is that we want to accomplish in this life. Am I remotely
1: close? Yeah, you're right on, actually. Um, I think um, the nature of, and the reason we say that, that we do pick our own parents, we pick the situation, we pick the lessons we're going to learn, and I actually think that this is connected to God because God is basically Saying this is he's saying to you before you and, and kind of okay you're gonna have this list of things you're gonna have to work on and this is, is going to be tough here but it'll be easy here and you'll have a talent over here and you'll have a gift over here and it it will be something that you're here to learn to do this lifetime now in order to do that you have to presuppose one thing that's really important and the important is importance is is that we've been here before. So reincarnation is a big part of astrology, because when we look at a certain part of our chart, we can see where we were in our past lifetime, and what we're maybe learning this lifetime that's a continuation from the previous life, you know, and I I do that quite a lot in my chart reading, you know, and I look at somebody's chart and say, okay, this is what you're here to learn, but It's like you had to go through the last lifetime to whatever you did there to come to this point to learn something you have not even learned completely. Let me give you an example. I did a reading on a chart. Oh, God, it was about 20, 25 years ago. It was a man that I was going out with. And I met his mother. And um, I... She was a Gemini. She She's a ton of planets in Gemini. So I figured, you know, she had, uh, she's going to be really talkative. But one thing I noticed in her chart that she didn't have any planets in water signs. And I'll tell you about that in a second. You know because that tells us sort of a breakdown a balance of elements in us, you know water is emotion, earth is physical physical reality, fire is passion, and then um, what's the missing one? okay, I'll find it air air is an intellect, okay, so if you have a bunch of intellectual planets in your chart, that's what you're here to learn this lifetime. You're learning to think, you know, and you're also learning practical down to earth um it's it's uh, um, is one thing I explained about, it. I can't remember, I'll come back to it, but she had no water in her chart at all. So I figured, well, she's not going to be very emotional because she's going to be very intellectual, and very cerebral, you know. And this woman could not stop crying <laughs> when we came into the house. She was crying, crying, crying. And I thought, why is she crying? Because that's a water function. That's emotion you know, and I thought, what the heck is that about? And then I thought about it for a minute. I said, wait a minute, this lifetime or this previous lifetime, she was probably so emotional that basically emotions can kind of get in the way of logic. Okay. And when logic takes over, that kind of supersedes emotions because you simply have to think through something and get through something, right? Okay. So, I thought maybe she came back this lifetime to become more cerebral, to get more into her logic and get out of the emotion. And, you know, I didn't talk to her about it, but that's what I figured out. Well, let's, let's,
0: let's do this. And I think that, I think that's great, but we've got a caller. And I, so I thought I'd interject the caller and, uh, and see how we can do this. So, uh, great. sweetie, are you on the line? Mm Whoops. Sweet, sweetie, are you on the line? Hello. Hello. Hello, sweetie.
1: Hello. Hey, there you are. Oh, there she is.
0: How, how are there. you? Okay, do you have a Do you have a question? No, I was just joining in. Oh, okay. Well, just enjoy yourself and we'll get back to <laughs> We'll get back <laughs> to the conversation then. Um, perfect. Uh, okay. And, uh, so there, so anyway, continue what you were saying, young lady.
1: Oh, okay. So, um, that's one of the things that when we're looking at a chart, we can look from a previous life standpoint to see what the lessons were that they were to learn through one particular identifying point in the chart. So, and and when I saw this in this woman thinking that why was she over emotional, you see, when somebody does, is born with water, it doesn't mean they're not emotional. It means they've already learned it from a previous lifetime, you know, and so she was coming back and revisiting something from a previous lifetime and she was not in her head. She was in her heart. You know, which was really nice, but, you know, I kind of wanted to hear what she had to say, you know, but she didn't have that much to say. She There was some sort of emotional connection between her and I, and it just sort of, it struck her emotional stuff. So, but I, she may have known me in a previous life. I don't know that. But anyway, um, we can see that in a chart when... When somebody is not, you know, balanced out with the, with the elements, we can see that if there's missing an element, chances are they're going to be doing it really well this lifetime because they developed that ability from a previous lifetime. And there would be a carryover to this lifetime to want to express it, but they have other things to learn when they're here this time. And that's kind of what God says, okay, you've got this, 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 and this to learn, but you're not going to learn so much about feelings because you know what feelings are about. But you know, if you can get into your head and sort of use your logic over your feelings it it may help you straighten out and analyze what the heck you're feeling. The feelings you can't analyze they just are you know you when you're in emotions, bam, you're in emotions there's no, absolutely no words for them. Have you ever seen somebody that's really crying a lot? Tell me what you're feeling. Can you tell me and know no, I can't you know it's just a deep. Emotional thing. So um, anyway, I just thought I'd tell you about that because um, the um, the nature of previous lives comes into a reading, and then I say, okay, this is what you've learned. This is what you're doing this time. You know, learning in for for the next time. So yes. Anyway, okay.
2: <laughs> Eileen, I'd like to throw in two quick things. On yeah. more than one occasion, I've pointed out beautiful artwork and you would say oh my dad did that and then yeah. you would associate me with your dad somehow and then you yeah. also told me that you believed this was my last time around did I say that? yes you have
1: i don't remember that okay and I can that's remember.
2: just not true okay. i can guarantee you that
1: <laughs> oh you know I I never actually make a – I'm surprised I said that because I don't usually say that to a client because that's a subjective opinion on my part. Yeah. I'm actually trying to read it objectively, you know. Okay, that um, my,
2: that might have been a math-ism where I just yeah. reached a conclusion and you weren't going that way, so that could have been on yeah, me. Yeah, that's
1: probably – that might be it, but – um, it's something I would never tell. No, my friend, how I know do you. I know? Yeah, that's you right. Know, how would I know? And besides, you
0: know? I know Matt, and he's not done yet by any stretch of the imagination. I could tell you. That oh no! Right
1: now. Oh no! He's not. He's he, <laughs> he's, he's got. He's going to be. You know, going quite a long way. You know, and and each lesson, each time he comes to a point in his life where he has to look at what he's been through or what he's doing. You know, it's he'll just have to let it in and be have it become a part of himself because one of the things that Leos are learning about self love, you know, and loving others, yes, to a certain extent, but loving themselves, and also that translates into everything that they do, whether it's drama or whether it's acting or whether it's music or whatever it is that they choose as a profession or radio or, you know, to and you know, part of yours is intellectual, but you know, it's. it's like a a, a finding a great joy. And one of the words that you use a lot in your communications is fun. Fun is a key word for Leo. So um, I'm having fun doing this. I'm having fun with this person doing that. And fun is a big part of it. So I think that Leo is one of the most joyous signs on the planet. And um, I think when you've been given six planets, You've been given, you know, I can just see God before He was born. Says, so, "Well, you're going to go down and have a whole lot of fun, and you're going to have great joy, and we're not going to give you that much to necessarily work on, but uh, it is going to be, it's going to be a lifetime where you've been kind of given a break or a vacation to do stuff that you want. So that's what I'm thinking, anyway. I got a
0: question so, for you. Uh, When we start talking about reincarnation and we start talking about astrology and so forth, Mm -hmm. why on earth would somebody decide they wanted to incarnate, say, I don't know, like Kenya and it's hot and it's dirty and they're skinny and they have to walk six miles for water and they can't get, why would somebody do that?
1: Do you have any idea? Oh, that's an easy answer because maybe in previous lifetimes, they've been a king or a queen where they had a life of, you know, complete luxury, where they didn't have to lift a finger doing anything, and then maybe they maybe abuse their power somewhere toward the end, and God says, you're going to come back and you're going to play penance for that. You're going to learn how to work. Because that's literally the next sign after Leo is Virgo. And those are the two lessons of that sign You know, and not to say that the person would come back a Virgo because they were a Leo, but the chances are if they were in royalty, there was probably some serious Leo in their chart because Leo is a sign of royalty. So, you know, you have this sort of, uh, to the manner born, sort of a, you know, feeling as though, you know, they, they are entitled, they have a sense of entitlement, you know? So, I mean, that kind of attitude gave them a chance to really experience what that was. And, have a high opinion of themselves and, and maybe a big ego, but also a real sense of, um, of power and that kind of thing. But if they abused it at all, maybe they have to come back and, and pay for it by working hard in, in the middle of Kenya. Can you see how that's connected? Sure. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, it's like every lesson we learn from lifetime to lifetime is going to be a takeoff from where we last left off. You know, and so it's, it's, um, it can be a very hard lifetime. I like, for instance, you know, somebody who was a really wealthy person, they come back and they're going to be a, a prostitute their whole life. You know, that's kind of like a downturn, you know, in evolution, but not really for them because they need to find out the compassion and the, um, what it takes too, and also maybe there's abuse with that, too. There's all that kind of stuff. There's always a negative and a dark side to life, you know, and, you know, we can always see what the dark side of each sign is. But if somebody's got a preponderance of dark, which could be, I'm not going to say what it is, because anybody, if that's a certain sign and I say what it is, I'm not like that. But, you know, there's a whole combination of things that you find that that person has really lived a rough life really rough. Through the keyhole backwards, they have a lot of lessons they had to learn and, and they've experienced their lessons through various activities and a lot of it, you know, can be through the darker side of life. So, yes, you know, um, it's really, I, I really love looking at the evolutionary, and this is another part of astrology, by the way. This is a new kid on the block. It's evolutionary astrology. It's pretty much what it says like if you're here this lifetime where were you in the last time where are you going in the next time so it's it's really um it's a connecting you know and if you know that you're in an evolutionary process from a lifetime to lifetime to lifetime then you know that if you get off track you're really off track you know and so anyway um I, I am getting off on these tracks, but I can't help it. It's fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're allowed.
0: That's a, that's okay. all right. A lot of this <laughs> stuff is, is, as a matter of fact, one of our listeners said, "Sounds like bullshit to me." So you know, <laughs> so you, you're having to convince some folks along the way that what oh, you're did talking.
1: Somebody about.
0: say that to you, uh, Did somebody say that. Yeah, they they they, they text in, and they, uh, yeah. So, but you see, you're used to that because you've been doing this for thirty okay. years, and not everybody uh, um, understands it and agrees with
1: no. it. No. Uh, It's really hard to talk to somebody who's never experienced astrology who thinks it's, you know, BF, you know, and I don't even try to convince them because they're in their world. And if I get their birth date and have to look at it and I go, I can see in your in your world that a fixed opinion of things is very important for you. So you may not get outside of your own perspective you know so and that may be something that they say something is bs maybe that's something they have to say so that they um have a real sense of where their their intellectual prowess is is you know and what they can count on you know but if they're more flexible and a little bit more open to the godly principles in life they may be more more um they may be more ready to hear what i have to say So it it really depends. The thing that I love about astrology is that I have learned not to mess with other people's dharma, you know, basically what they're here to learn about. You know, I'm not here to mess around with the the direction they're taking. In other words, when I'm in a relationship with a man, I'm not going to mess with that. You know, I'd like to change them in certain ways. There's certain things I really don't like, but I'm not going to try. Because that's what they're learning about, you know. Why would I change that? Especially if they learn something really good while I'm with them. That's good, even if it doesn't include me. So, there you go.
2: Eileen, <laughs> I got a question for you. You do an awful lot of things. You do the psychic fairs. You have also have gone gone what we call it ghost tours. We'd go to places that were pretty credible in their claims of being haunted. Is uh-huh. this all tied in together? When you go to these places that lay such claim, is it a form of calling? We talk about after afterlife and so forth. Uh, is there a draw to it?
1: I think anybody who's in the metaphysical universal community um, has a sense of when they walk into a place, they're going to feel, you know, other people that are there that aren't. You can't see them. So, I mean, we're always looking at the non-reality, which is actually real on a different level. So, um, yes, there is that kind of connection. Um, I remember I went to the Cooney Mansion a long time ago, and we did a psychic fair down there about 25 years ago. And I had no idea it was, it wasn't, I wouldn't call it haunted. It's just occupied, all right? There were a lot of people in that house, you know? And when I walked in, I didn't even know that I could do that, you know, and I'm, I'm a Pisces, so I know that's a part of the things that I would be doing, but I never really gave it much credence until I walked in there and I felt people around me, you know, and I felt one person grabbing me by the hair and grabbing me by the side and walking around next to me and, and you know, and I I thought, what the heck is this? And and people kept saying, oh, you got somebody next to me. And these were people that could be, they were clairvoyant. They could see it with their, their eyes. They could see into a different dimension. So, and I'm not that way at all. That's just something I, I don't have. I, it's not the ability I've developed. I have intuition that's a little different. So it's more cerebral and and more, um, it's when somebody tells me things about themselves, A plus B plus C, I can add those up and figure out what's going on, you know. And as a matter of fact, I had one astrologer tell me, he says, you know, you think you're intuitive. I said, I don't know. And he says, listen, what you do is you take A plus B plus C. It's sort of like a pie and you get three parts of the pie given to you through an astrology reading. And you can take those pieces of pie and add them up and add in the rest of the pie, you know, and that's intuition. Yes, but it's a different way of getting it. So what was your question again? <laughs> well,
2: you guys need to
0: focus here, I think. I
1: know, I just get, I go way out there and I don't know how I get out here. So anyway. um, The original
2: question was, when you go to these places that lay claim to be haunted or occupied, as you call it, was it a calling? Do you think that you got the idea because you were being summoned, so to say?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, And I kind of know in my, um, my general peripheral intuition that, you know, if I ask, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? And I go, yes, I'll hear a big yes in my head. Yeah. I mean, you can actually, there was one thing that happened to me years ago that was a real confirmation of this. I had, it was when I was living up in Seattle and I was, um, I was out of work and I didn't know how the heck I was going to pay my bills. And so I thought, and I talked to my uncle, and he was he hit me with some tough love. He said, "Just get your butt out there and get working." I said, "Okay," and so I did. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and I was thinking, "Well, I don't know what to do." And then I heard in my head, "I'm telling you," I heard this loud voice say, "Get yourself over to Macy's and apply for a job." And I said, and I did. It was like I. I could hear the voice in my head. It was like somebody in the, actually in the room with me. And I said, okay. Yeah, but I said, yeah, but I'm not dressed very well. I was wearing leggings and kind of tights type of thing. You know, it, it was like a jogging suit that I was wearing. And I wore a funny little pullover with it. Then I wore a weird hat. I said, I really don't look like I'm ready to go interview. He says, oh, too bad. Just go anyway. You know, and I said, okay, all right, I'll go. So I went over there and I talked to a woman that I had talked to before. And she came up to see me. She sat down with me. She just said, Well, you know, we need to have you start on Tuesday. I said, Okay. And I, it was an immediate thing. She hired me immediately in spite of what I was wearing and everything else. As a matter of fact, people remember seeing me there and they thought it was funny. But Anyway, that that's talking about, that is really talking about following a huge hit that I got, the intuition, and I got a job and I started it two days later. So um, yeah, I mean that's how that happened. And there's been other things, you know, where I picked up on something and it's always right, you know. So I, what I'm learning right now is to follow that more. I kind of set my programming on wanting to figure out what it is that i am um uh, feeling at the moment and what is it you know my gut level instincts you know on certain things you know so yes um it it's um being pisces it's important for me to do that so i'm becoming more and more reliant on my intuitive side so yeah
0: no, I'm just sitting there looking at Matt. He seemed to be taking it right away. So it was good. It, it, it was good. So, by the way, we're talking with Eileen Grimes. She is an astrologer of note. She's got a show on KKNW 1150 AM called The Jupiter Rising Show. And that's on Saturday mornings at 1130, I believe, right? It's
1: 11 o'clock. 11,
0: 11 o'clock. o'clock. So don't get there at yeah. 1130. You'll miss part of it. That'd be bad.
1: That's right. You'll miss half of it. Yes, yeah. indeed.
2: Yeah. And that, yeah. See, now Matt has something to say. Eileen, I have attended a lot of your readings, and you will get those doubting Thomases, and they'll watch a best friend or a spouse get a reading, and the laughter comes from your table, it's an eye-opener, and then pretty soon, that harsh critic, they sit there, and they go along, they see the light of it. And myself, I don't know the half of what you know, I'm not saying I was a skeptic, I never put thought into it. But when you gave me the introductory level and the chain of events that have happened in my life, that current that I follow, uh, I'm so far so good with you. The 99% of it, I still don't know.
1: Well, you know, most people don't know everything about astrology. I don't know remotely, you know, I think I don't know like the percentage of all the knowledge of it. I doubt that I have even half of it. I have even that much. Because there's so much out there, and I think that's what keeps us going forward as astrologers. There's always something new to learn or, you know, a point of view. Like on Facebook, I have a whole lot of astrological friends, and it's interesting because they um, bring up a topic. Like one of the things I'm very interested in right now is is a it's what we call the stationary planet. And I'll explain that here in a second. But I'm writing a book on that, and I've, I ran into a guy on Facebook who knows a lot about it. And he wrote an article about it, and he gave me a copy of it. I've been actually using that as one of my main research points in my book, because he's come up with some really interesting points of view on it. And it's a it's a part of astrology that is rarely referred to, which actually gets me excited, because I like to be one of the first ones out of the box with something. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a situation where, uh, a person is born with a planet that isn't moving in their chart. Usually they move through the signs forward. Then if they're retrograding, they're going backwards, you know, but if they're standing still, that means everything comes to a halt. But it also means the person's life will have the, their whole life will take after that particular point in their chart. It'll be something that's a focal point, so um, it's it's just really interesting. So I'm I'm in process of writing that now, but the thing about it is, is there's so little information about it. I'm having to actually extrapolate information and come up with conclusions about what I'm seeing, you know, and so uh, and also coming in and extrapolating and figuring out also coming up with some theories about how it works. So.
0: Anyway, uh, speaking, speaking of which the, the gentleman that was on, uh, uh, the line with us earlier, he's back and this is, this is big Rick and big Rick is saying, I think it's a bunch of bull crap. So I would like you, you get a chance to address him personally at this point point. why it's not.
1: Okay. First of all, big Rick, can you give me your birthday?
0: Uh, let's see if he, Oh no, (laughs) he just, no, he's back. Hold on. Let's. He's. What he's got to do is he's got to uh, write in. So, Big Rick, if you, if you, oh, he says he's a Gemini.
1: Oh, is he now? Okay. So, how many books are you reading right now? Uh,
0: you can you can actually call in or Big Rick if you want to. Um, oh. Okay. But uh, he's he's uh, I th- I think he's typing at the moment. So okay, we shall see. Are Gemini's big readers?
1: Huh. You have oh, no idea. Oh,
0: oh yeah. He says two or three.
1: Okay, that's it. Okay, that's that's usually that's probably on the low side for him.
0: Uh, oh, and then and then by the by the way, we have minister Anthony Walker who uh also got, got on and he says this sounds like witchcraft. I'd like you to address why this is not witchcraft and it's more scientifically based.
1: Okay, you know, there's a lot of things like Wiccan and and that's considered witchcraft. This is based on science, you know, and this, is, this was computed back, you know, when the Egyptians were out there and they were kind of looking at the sky and they figured out the mathematical equations between the planet and the Earth. And they came up with a, an interesting theory and also the astrological signs that that revolve around the earth, you know, and it, it's all based in science. And the thing about it is that the history of astrology until about 40 years ago, pretty much you had to construct a chart by hand. So you had to look up to a table of, you know, a book of tables and all these different things to construct a chart. It took a two hour period at least to construct an astrological chart. And now it only takes a couple of seconds because it's all computerized, you know? And so whatever, whoever invented these programs, they took all those microscopic um, issues and, and um, things that they had to do and communications and all that kind of stuff, and they all figured it out and, and threw it into a computer program where everything was computerized. So all the different machinations that they would do, you know, looking at the tables and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I don't even know how to do that because I came in after that all happened. So I basically have done my charts by computer my whole life. But, you know, some of the old time astrologers and I talk to them, they said, you know, people don't even realize what it's like to do a chart by hand and it really actually makes it more real for them to do that. So in some respects, it's kind of cool.
0: Well, I know but, a guy, his name is uh, Matt or, uh, uh, Michael Polson and I, okay. I, I've lost track of him. I don't know, but he used to do charts by hand, but I wanted, yeah. to, I wanted to, uh, uh, hold on Matt for just a second. There's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, and Minister Anthony Walker, he, and he says, And there you are comparing science to spirituality, spiritual wisdom that comes from God. And I don't think uh, 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 minister that, that you are going to get any argument from, from uh, either Eileen or myself in regards to uh, what comes from God and how it is done and whether it's science or God, they're kind of the same thing. They're all based in the same way, at least from my, my point of view. And so when we talk about spirituality, spirituality is based in science is based on what God says.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a language, you know, astrology is the language of the gods. You know, it basically is. And, um, we were given this language by whomever created it, you know, and it was created how many thousands of years ago? It's older than everything. So and it's gone through more metamorphosis over years and years and years. And just in the last 35 years, it's ended up being psychological astrology. So there's a lot of astrologers out there that do the deep, deep work that it takes to do this work, you know, and it takes a lot of study and a lot of, um, You know, when I started studying astrology, it was natural for me. I just looked at, I would find a chart or say a serial killer, like Ted Bundy, you know. And I'd pick out their chart and look at it and i go, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. I can see it, you know. And for one thing, he had a whole heck of a lot of planets in what we call the fourth house, which is home and mother. You know, the whole thing about his mother, he didn't even know it was his mother until he was 16 years old. There's whole big confusion about that for him. You know, he said that his mother was his aunt and all this kind of stuff. And that was something that made a huge impact on him and probably one of the reasons that he went on and did his killing, you know, unfortunately. But he also killed on cycles of the moon, which is really interesting because his fourth house is the cancer house and cancer rules the moon. So he has this incredible connection to the cycles that the moon go through. And that's another thing. Let me ask big Rick about this. You know what that moon is. Well, hold up. on.
0: He's, he's got a question for you first.
1: Okay. Wh- all right.
0: <laughs> which is all she said was that the ancients did math based on the position of the stars where yep. here is scientifically connection between that and a person's. What is a scientific connection between that and a person's traits?
1: Um, Okay. As above, so below. Okay. Um, Let me see if I can explain this because that's a good question. Um, The linking of the universal to the scientific basically is what you're talking about. And I think science, science science's base comes from metaphysics. You know, how else can we have figured out certain equations for certain scientific issues unless they dropped out of the sky into our heads? You know, it's, it's stuff that, You know, it's the intellect that has a higher function to it. Now, I'm sorry, that's really not a good explanation. I'm going to have to ruminate on this because I've been asked this question before and I keep thinking, damn, I don't have a really good answer for that. I just know how it feels for me, you know, and, you know, when I when I actually am. In answering a question for somebody that's a little confusing, oh wait a second! Then bam, all of a sudden something will fall into my head, and there it is, you know. But um, and I could tell you astrologically what it is too for my chart, but then nobody would understand that anyway. But it's it's um, it's connecting the higher, you know, the sky, the upper, upper above us, with the planet down below, and we are a direct reflection of that. You know, um, I had, um, I had a reading one time with, unfortunately he died a couple of weeks ago. And it was Clive Cussler, and he was the author that wrote, raised the Titanic.
0: Oh, and, and many, many, many others. He was a very, he was a favorite author of mine.
1: Yeah, oh really? Okay. And so I wrote my book on the Titanic that I wrote 14 years ago or 16 years ago. What's the name of and that I, book? Um uh, it's called uh, Titanic Astrology: The Grand Design of a Famous shipwreck.
0: Oh, there you go. There
1: you go. So anyway, I sent him my book, you know, and I found an address to send it. I sent it somewhere to Telluride. He had a lot of homes, so he had one him of St Lucas, but I sent it to Telluride, and he called me a few weeks later. he said i I read your book. It was really good, you know, and I just hard. I was sitting there. I couldn't believe I was talking to him. And then he said, I asked him, is there any other questions you have? He was asking me questions about it. And he says, yeah, can I, can I get a reading? And I went, oh my God, I get to do a reading for this guy. Well, okay. So when I was looking at his chart, he was what we call a double cancer, sun and moon and cancer, you know, and cancer's ruled by the moon again. And and so the, the rulership, the moon business would be very important to him you know the cycles of the moon you know when it's a full moon versus a half moon you know all that kind of stuff the the different phases of the moon would be he'd be very responsive to that you know and so I kind of knew that already but then he asked me a key question he says why am I so fascinated with the moon (laughs) and I went oh it's a no brainer here, but I said, "Well, it's a ruling planet of your sun sign, and it would be very important to you, you know, because Cancer is about home and family and, and kids and and home, and you know, it's all 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 that stuff. But it's also the phases; it's an emotional sign that is going through ups and downs and mood swings, you know, according to what the moon is doing." So, yes. So if you actually, I want to talk to Big Rick here for a second. If you're actually connecting a part of the sky to somebody individually, it's very hard to explain that connection to him, to Clive Kessler. Because when he said that, I just thought, well, there it is. You know, it's it was already there. But the thing about people when they're asking me questions about their chart, they're asking stuff they already know about and stuff I already know about because I'm looking at it. Does that make sense? So... Anyway. Sure. Um, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Great. That's, yeah, I'm disagreeing and it's all right. Just say No, yeah. no, no, <laughs> no, it
0: it it, make, it makes perfect sense. But it will take and by the way, to those that are listening, uh we uh, apparently Podbean is having technical difficulties because they keep on um uh, uh kicking us off and we get a lot like, okay. about ten minutes in and then people leave and so I, I, I would be interested in in like Mark, who just entered the live studio. If, if you have been listening to other podcasts, are they getting kicked off as well on, off the platform? If you want to send me a message, you can um, because it's 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 very frustrating because you've got some really good uh, positive information to share and okay. and we keep on getting kicked off. So we've got like had to restart like a, a bunch of times. But what you can do is you can go to uh, um, uh, my independence report. And uh, you can listen to this podcast in its entirety. Um, and,
1: and remember, it is Mercury retrograde right now. So it stands to reason that stuff is going to act funny, like your equipment there, you know, and stuff dropping off. This is the Mercury thing that we're doing right now. I'm talking to you on this podcast, and that's a Mercury function. So when anything like you're on the phone or you're on computer or you're talking to somebody or whatever it is, and it bl- blips out during a Mercury retrograde. That's that's to be expected. So next next uh, Tuesday it goes direct, so don't worry about it. We've got three more days of it. <laughs>
0: well, that's good news. That's good news, Matt. Have mm-hmm. you got anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up this podcast?
2: Yes, we had a a man, a man of the clergy recently. Uh, writing in and asking some questions. And I remember a while back on an interview we had with Doug Johnston that he said that the Bible points towards us a little bit, that the Bible has a few positives pointing towards the stars and so forth.
1: And so if you could make that connection, please. Oh, absolutely. Uh, The biggest story is the North Star. Now, uh, when the North Star happened, which pointed down to where Jesus was born, it looked like a huge star, you know, shining above. I and mean, we've seen artistic interpretations of that. But we actually, there was a man, an astrological um, consultant that actually went back. And what he did was a thing called rectification. That means he, we didn't know the exact date and place uh, and year of birth of, of Jesus. But he figured it out. And the interesting thing that happened was that he came up with, and I've seen this chart. I have it in one of my books, is that it had six or seven planets in Pisces. And if you take the planet Jupiter and Saturn and Venus and all those planets and you line them up in a declination point in a chart, Are in the sky, that means all the planets are on top of each other in the same part of the sky. If you add all those up and all the light that hits all those planets, you're looking at a huge star if they all line up together. Does that make sense, everybody?
0: No, sure. Sorry. By the way, Big Rick is back. <laughs> We're having... Oh, Pod, good. <laughs> Podbean is having troubles keeping everything together. But but Big Rick okay. is back, and, and uh, I'll read you what he says. He says, okay. all she said was that the ancients did math based on the position of the stars. Yes, w- they did. What is the scientific connection between that and a person's traits? That's a great question, Rick.
1: That is a good question. Because this, these people, they plotted... You know, the, um, you know, I think what happened, though, what they used astrology for back then was predictive stuff. Like, are we going to have a monsoon this year? Are we going to have a lot of rain for our crops? You know, and, and they would use a chart to predict that. And they would have certain ways of interpreting a chart, and these would be astrologers. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to my story here in a minute about the North Star, but um, they would have ways of interpreting it that says, okay, if we have all these planets here, and they would be in a certain area, then we're gonna have a certain activity happen. So it wasn't applied so much. Personally, I think that it was done agriculturally around them and just because they're so concerned about making it through another winter with very little to eat. You know, so, and also spiritually, and of course, there was a big concern about when the next Messiah was going to show up. Okay. So, you know, that was what happened then is historically way at the point when Jesus was born. If you go forward, how many years, 3,000 years, um, we basically took astrology and not applied it so much on our our exterior world. We applied it to ourselves. You know, and that was the biggest thing and the most wonderful thing they could have done. You know, and I don't know when that happened. I mean, we go back and we look at charts now for 500 years ago, but I'm not sure if they ever looked at them then to really get a sense of themselves. That's something I'd have to research. But I have a feeling it started to go from outside to inside. And this is very typical. I mean, the difference between spirituality and religion the different spirituality is inwardly directed. Religion is outwardly directed. You have it outside of you, all over the place. And all the churches and all the religions out there. And it's all based on God is up there sitting on a cloud somewhere. But spirituality says God is within. So it's the focus of where it comes from, you see. So, anyway, let me finish my, my, um, did I I complete that? Uh, Hopefully I did that for that guy's satisfaction. But Right, anyway. he's got another question. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Actually, this is good, you know, because when somebody asks a lot of questions, that means they're thinking about it. Well, it so is me...
0: the, the the big the big thing is that is that uh, there's there's a lot of questions that people have about you know taking things on face value and right, just right. assuming that that because somebody says it that it's true. And I yeah. don't want anybody to take anything on face value because no, they have to come to that decision and come from and that's got to come what sounds right and what feels right from within.
1: Exactly right. They have to go way through their own innards. And if it sounds like something that grabs onto them a little bit, then it's something you have to look at. So anyway, let me finish the story about the, the um, North Star. So the the three wise men, and this is told in the Bible. The three wise men somewhere in the Bible say, "You know what we're waiting for is a Messiah, and and what they were looking at as was the planets that were coming together in the sign of Pisces." And they said, "You know the chance of a a Messiah showing up right about now would be perfect because every the symbol symbology of all these planets because." Pisces is very, you know, metaphysical and spiritual. It would be a messiah showing up. And then Jupiter and Saturn and all these other things. And they read the planets as their meanings then and added all, all the information and said, you know, it's going to happen about this time. And it says, but where? where is it going to happen? Okay, and this is where they looked at the declination of the planets above us. So if the declination of all these planets sitting in a row was, you know, be right above us, whereabouts in the world would it would be? So they checked their star maps and they found Bethlehem. That's where it was. So they knew that they had to travel to Bethlehem to find the birth of the Messiah. Now, that's, you know, what I'm seeing here is that these two wise men had a hell of a lot of faith <laughs> because they didn't know if that was really happening, but they could base it in their opinion and their gut feeling that this was going to happen. So it did, and it happened around March eighth, uh, year seven AD after BC. That's about the actual time of birth, of Jesus' birth. So it's not the December twenty fifth, it's not a Capricorn. He was a Pisces. So and it would make sense given how incredibly spiritual he was. You know, I mean, he was God walking on earth for heaven's sake. So there you go. So that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Matt,
2: <laughs> uh, I'm just listening. Do we have a, another question out there? Uh, uh, no. Well, actually, what uh, what uh, Big Rick is is
0: basically saying is he's a critical thinker. And uh, he takes a certain amount of responsibility for what people say. And uh, by the way, he's still waiting for his answer, Uh, which which is hold on a certain amount of responsibility as a critical thinker to challenge people that don't normally get challenged by their followers. It's it's always a good idea because it makes us think about what it is that we believe. And so that you can because, you know, ultimately, we all get to believe something a little bit Um, different from each other, which is what's innately inside of us and how we feel about stuff and some things that that were led to and other things that were not. Do you agree with that?
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, critical thinkers, somebody who is actually here, you know, he would have been great on the debate team, okay, because he would have to an idea of its, its validity and its reality, you know, and when you do that, what you're doing is Um, I think what you're looking at is somebody who has a very fixed idea of things, but is always challenging things because once he finds something that breaks through a, a set of beliefs that he might have, and he has something that completely shakes one up, that's what he wants. You see, he wants that shaken up because that will create transformation for him. Does that make
0: sense? Yes, it does. But he, but he's coming back to the same point. All he's asking is, what do you mean when you say it's based in science?
1: Based in science, it is. Um, it's the If you could see the, the materials that astrologers use to actually construct a chart, you'd see how scientific it was. It's not based in like we just airy-fairy, you know, created in our heads and we put it down on paper. That's not how it works. It's a, and when we look at the computer program, you know, with with the symbols on it, that all comes up from a calculation, a math calculation of different functions within the computer program. That's mathematical, you know, and that's all math. And I'll tell you something. I'm telling you, um, when I was in high school, I couldn't do math worth the beans. And then when I got into astrology, I found a place where my math worked, you know, abstraction, abstract math. You know, stuff that, you know, you're looking at, okay, looking at a square between this and this and, you know, and and the math is fairly complicated in astrology, you know, because it's also very mathematical and mathematics happens to be scientific as we know it. So, yes. Um, you know, the math is very important in astrology and I, it's hard for me to explain how it's important, but it's basically the calculations of the, the interactions between planets and their degrees and the, and the angles and, and how much they are, whether they're connected to each other. And it's, it's all kind of, you read it like a, like a layer cake. And so, yes, it's, it's very scientific. It's not something you think that I'm just making this stuff up. No. It's just coming out of my memory bank, you know? Well, just, sure. But by the
0: way, uh, Podbean, again, is having issues, so we got kicked off again. So so uh, I, okay. I, I don't know whether he's going to come back or not, but uh, but I think what what we need to probably do is try and, and let them get their act together. It, uh, and by the way, we've been talking with Eileen Grimes. She is the host of the Jupiter Rising Show on KKNW, 1150 AM at 11 o'clock on Saturday mornings. And it's been okay. great having you on the, on the show. I think you're, you're very engaging. It's fun.
1: Well, thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Sometimes I kind of get out there though. You have to pull me back in.
2: Well, we so. all, we all tend to get going on that, Matt. Well, Eileen, you're a fantastic. There is just so much thousands and thousands of years and to attempt to squeeze that at a little show, you have to elaborate quite a bit.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs>
2: It, yeah. takes,
0: it takes time, but you did really good. So this is the part of the show. If you'd like to hang on, Eileen, this is the part of the show where I give Matt an opportunity to talk about his books a little bit and his okay. websites
2: and, and stuff. So, so Matt, take it away. Thank you very much. I have a book. This is my very first publication, and this is what initially got me on the radio, and it's called The Groundskeeper and Other Short Stories. It's a list of 20 short stories, fiction, of course, and it was dedicated to mom and dad. And, yes, they were able to read it before they left us. Then I also have my website. It is MattSheaBooks, S-H-E-A, MattSheaBooks.com. I have lots and lots of free samples that you could write me, and I could write you back, and I hope to hear from you. Thank you.
1: That's it? Yeah. That's all you got? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can get a hold of them at mattsheybooks.com. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I just thought I'd do a little bit of your commercial for you right. since I do one for you every week. You do. So-
2: do it better Maybe. than I do, Eileen.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: well, it's great. it's great to have you on the show, and uh, we'll look forward to doing this again.
1: I'll tell you, I think we have a great time. And I really love that you have callers call in no matter what their perspective is. And I love people to go, hey, we think you're full of, mm. and But, you know, and I go, okay, cool. I can change my gears here, you know. So I love that. Thank you so much for having me on. You betcha. Well, I got news for you. At
0: one point or another, all of us are full of a little bit of, you know, uh,
1: poo. <laughs> poo from time to time. Yes, that's very true. (laughs) Eileen, do you have
2: a website where people could reach out and contact you?
1: Yes, it's Eileen Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S dot com. And you also can go to the Jupiter Rising Show dot com as well. That's the show page. And uh, let's see, I'm on Facebook, Twitter. and I have a page there. Well, I have a lot of pages. So anyway, those are the main ones that if you want to get a hold of me. And actually, I do readings too. So personal readings, and those are fun. So thank you.
0: You're welcome, Eileen. And that's Eileen Grimes. She is the host of The Jupiter Rising
2: Show on KKNW, 1150 AM. We greatly appreciate hearing from those who took the time to write in. Always contact that us, and we'll answer you the best we can.
0: Yes indeed. And uh um, by the way I would like to apologize on behalf of Podbean. We keep getting kicked off the air and it just it's just not good. So if you are a regular listener of Podbean and you like the live format, give them uh, send them a message telling them that we are we keep getting kicked off and they can't tell me why yet. So uh it it would be nice for us to know that. So in the meantime, I hope everybody has a great afternoon. This podcast will be on my uh independentreport.podbean. Com within oh a couple hours or so, and you can listen to the whole thing in in consecutively without the breaks in between. So I would like to uh, thank particularly Big Rick for coming and uh, and sharing his his uh, uh, views and he and by the way he added a lot to the show and I really do appreciate it. So you have yourself an awesome afternoon, and we will talk to you all soon.